This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not take Donald Trump off the ballot in the state of Colorado. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Desperate times in the polls calling for desperate measures in Colorado, where a case that will ultimately make its way all the way up to the Supreme Court aims to take Trump off the ballot in the name of protecting our democracy. Democrats are so full of crap. I mean, man, nothing says we're out to protect democracy like destroying it so you can save it. I mean, dude. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But these are some of the dumbest people you'll ever meet, and we will discuss them in a banner episode on this program. You want to talk about an embarrassment of radio riches. Martha McCallum, host of the story, she's coming by. That's a big deal. But wait, there's more. Shannon Bream, host of Fox News Sunday, here as well. And, of course, we will also bring on comedian Carmen Lynch. Get her out. Get her out of here. You stop it. Carmen Lynch is a good friend of mine, and she's going to be fantastic. Uh, You are also, of course, welcome on the show. Your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons, smoke signals. If Elizabeth Warren happens to be watching and trying to communicate with the show, doesn't matter. Uh, it's an all skate. It is an American talk show. I am a conservative, unapologetically so. This is Fox News. Uh, our party is not the Republican Party. Our party is America. Freedom! Well, America, freedom, all of that stuff under assault as we get out of the gate today. So buckle up because we got some adulting to do. I know this is a show that traditionally sounds like I get paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. And that's partly because it is. Uh, But, you know, taking it a step further, uh, we're never trying to take ourselves seriously on this show. Because the life uh, that we're living in this country right now is so divisive. It's so volatile. Everybody hates each other so much that, you know, we're trying to be a port in the storm where people can, you know, just kind of level with each other without fear of blowback or cancellation. Mom, he doesn't vote the way I do. I want him out of here. You know, that's what's going on now. The country's turned into a bunch of fat, screaming children who just want to ban anybody they don't like. Well, essentially, that level of emotional compass is what's guiding these judges in Colorado. Understand this, okay? The ruling last night, it's a four to three ruling, barring Donald Trump from the Colorado state ballot, is attributable to the fact that, according to them, he participated in an insurrection. Now, why do we say that? Because Donald Trump has been indicted 91 times, okay? It's unprecedented. We've never indicted a president in the history of this country. Okay, we've now indicted this one 91 times. But has he been charged criminally? Is he currently facing current or future charges 
for insurrection? The answer would be no. So they're taking him off the ballot, and as a precedent for doing so, as a justification for doing so, they're using a crime that isn't actually being charged or alleged in the court system. Okay? Do you understand? So Trump off the ballot in Colorado because he participated in a crime that he's not being charged with. What a fraud. Total scam. Okay, but I want you to understand why this is happening. You see, I own a politics to English dictionary. That's the whole hook of the show. I don't quote policy. I'm not very wonky. I'm not trying to put you to sleep by bamboozling you with all the stupid statistics I can memorize. You know, this isn't one of those shows. We're not trying to get you angry. We're just trying to have an honest conversation with you. Okay, this is essentially happening. Why? Because the Democrats are desperate. Trump has a massive lead in the polls. But understand, it's a twofold thing. Yes, they are desperately trying to get Trump off the ballot, but there's a secondary level to this. And that level is they also want Republicans in the intervening months to learn to abjectly hate whoever might ultimately replace Donald Trump on the ballot should he leave. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. It's so much bigger than just Trump. Yeah, they want him off the ballot. Okay, is he going to come off the ballot? No. This is going to go to the Supreme Court. They're going to laugh at it because there's no precedent for this. But what it will allow other state locales to do is see that he's been taken off the ballot for ridiculous reasons and open the floodgates to more of these types of maneuvers. That's the design here. Okay, when Alvin Bragg indicted Donald Trump in New York City on federal charges, understand that Alvin Bragg is a local prosecutor, doesn't have the legal latitude, the legal wherewithal, to bring federal charges. That's true. That is true. So Alvin Bragg's indictment is not consequential in that Trump could ever go to jail for it, but it's consequential in that it shattered the president precedent of never indicting a president. And with that said, once the floodgates opened of one guy indicting a president, along came everybody else. Okay? That's where we find ourselves now with Colorado. They're going to mount a legal challenge And this is an opening salvo, okay, in a battle that will ultimately see other locales try to piggyback onto this effort. Why? Because, again, Trump is not only beating the Republicans by 30 points and 40 points, but Biden is getting his ass handed to him in the polls right now. Ergo, the Democrats have decided they need more lawfare. But the scam is they're telling you what? Oh, We're just doing this because we're trying to protect democracy. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. You can't protect democracy by taking your opponent off the ballot. That is actually denying people their democracy. That is correct. Okay. If a guy, oh, you don't understand. We got to protect democracy. So you're not allowed to vote. (laughs) No longer can you vote for who you want because we're protecting democracy, you see. I mean, imagine. Listen, folks, we're protecting your house from an arsonist. We've got an arsonist on the loose right now. Okay, so we're going to protect your house from that arsonist. We're going to burn it down ourselves. We just burn it to the ground. That way we can assure you that the arsonist is never going to get his hands on your house. That's what they're telling you right now. Okay, it's a scam. It's so stupid, it hurts my fat spray tanned face. Like I'm aching, my cheeks hurt, my bones hurt. It's weird. Okay, but they're doing this. Why? Because there's no other way for them to go to bed tonight 
feeling good about their electoral prospects in 2024. But to take it a step further, okay, they realize the situation has grown dire enough and that every Democrat wants Biden off the ballot, but he doesn't want to leave. As it turns out, his wife likes being president. She's not terribly good at the job, but Jill does like being president. She likes running this thing, and she does. And she doesn't care how much she has to demean or belittle her husband. Joe Biden now spends four days a week in Delaware, four days a week. Okay, he's taking the baby steps onto Air Force One. 75% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. 33% of Americans approve of his job performance. Okay, the guy is patently unelectable. Okay, but the bureaucrats behind the scenes who have a lot more power with a dementia-ridden president than they traditionally would with somebody who is able and cognitively sharp, okay, they like wielding all of this power. Jill Biden likes wielding all of this power. So they're going to try everything they can to keep him on the ballot and somehow get him into victory lane. And if that means destroying faith in our institutions, they're willing to do it. Okay, do you understand the big argument against Trump was, oh, if we make Donald Trump the president, we'll lose faith in all our institutions. And they were right. But it wasn't Trump that made us lose faith. It was the actions of these institutions. That's true. That is true. Okay, you could play that bite a thousand times today. Okay, let me give you Jonathan Turley, who's as good of a legal scholar as there is in the world, laying out the unprecedented nature for what is going on right now. Okay, this is, I want to start with Ingram, the Ingram clip, clip six. This country is a powder keg, and this court is just throwing matches at it. And I think that uh, it's a real mistake, but I think that they're wrong on the law. This is a time when we actually need democracy. We need to allow the, the voters to vote. We need to hear their decision. And the court here just said, you're not going to get that. Uh, in Colorado, we're not going to let you vote for Donald Trump. And, you know, you can dislike Trump. You can believe he's responsible for January 6th, but this isn't the way to do it. I mean, it is, you know, for the people that say they're trying to protect democracy, this is hands down the most anti-democratic opinion I've seen in my lifetime. Yep. Total scam. We're trying to protect democracy. So we'll take the guy off the ballot. This is absolutely gross. Okay. You want to know what else is disgusting? The Colorado Secretary of State who, like Letitia James before her, who was bringing the criminal, uh, the civil fraud, uh, civil fraud trial, the civil fraud trial. Do you speak any English? Sometimes I do. She's bringing the civil fraud trial against Donald Trump in New York. Okay, Alvin Bragg. These are people that are trying to become national names, boost their own profile. They don't need convictions in the court of law in order to thrive by indicting Donald Trump. All they need are convictions in the court of public opinion. So they want to be out there in front of the cameras. This is not justice is blind. This is justice is getting hair and makeup and running right to CNN, which is exactly what Jenna Griswold did last night. So she's the Colorado Secretary of State. Here she is last night. The minute this announcement is dropped, the minute this announcement is dropped, she runs over to CNN. CNN is the worst. Now, this is not somebody trying to you know, administer justice on an even keel. This is someone looking for a hey, look at me moment. This is someone actively interfering with an election. Hear her take clip two. My job as Secretary of State is to make sure that only qualified candidates appear on our ballot. We routinely do that with all types of candidates. 
Uh, and just like I wouldn't allow Arnold Schwarzenegger on the presidential primary ballot because he is disqualified for not being a natural born citizen, uh, a person, a candidate who is disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment similarly would be barred. Ultimately, it is up to the court systems. And right now, the, the highest case that we have says that Donald Trump is disqualified because he disqualified himself when he tried to steal the presidency from the American people. You are so full of sh- Now understand, okay, that's a nice, clever soundbite by her. But is Donald Trump being criminally charged with trying to steal the presidency? <laughs> Has Donald Trump been convicted for trying to steal the presidency? <laughs> Is Donald Trump even being charged with insurrection with what happened at the Capitol? So this whole entire thing is based on their own emotional perception and their effort to weaponize that emotional perception. Why do they do this? Because that manufactured hysteria that they cook up in the media, in their mind anyway, justifies whatever unconventional means of attack they have to wage to get him off the ballot. That's how they roll under Trump. The people telling you that we've got to worry about norms have destroyed every norm there is, okay? They're about to wipe out norm from cheers by the time this is over, okay? These George Wentz, somebody go check on old George. It's not good, (laughs) okay? These are bad people, man. These are bad people. Anybody who's out there telling you they're trying to protect something by taking it away and destroying it themselves is not a person to be taken seriously. Okay, but their efforts and their lack of regard for this country and the institutions that hold us together, okay, those efforts to destroy those things should very well be taken seriously because these are garbage people, okay, that'll stop at nothing to deny us our rights. If we let them, I got a bad feeling about this. You should, but we're not going to deny them their rights. Okay, there's two things you're going to understand about the way the show is going to work the rest of the way this year and next year. Okay, they're going to try to take everything they can and throw it at Trump. Okay, will this ultimately hold up? No. The Republican Party in Colorado has already said that they're going to forego a primary if Trump gets taken off the ballot. They're going to reconfigure their state process to a caucus like Iowa, which means Trump could stay on the ballot. And Colorado isn't going to get their way. Now, other states may very well follow suit. The Supreme Court may very well take this up and throw it out altogether. But there's going to be a rinse, wash, repeat aspect to this in that they're going to throw more legal stuff at Trump along the way. Okay, the end goal in this moment for the Democrats is to get the Republicans to hate each other with all the fiber in their being. So if, in fact, it's not Trump on the ticket, you're almost emotionally incapable of voting for a DeSantis or a Haley. If, in fact, it is a Trump on a ticket, there's been so much vitriol spilled through all of these processes where people just want to cut ties with him and go their own way, that some people will be incapable of supporting Trump. That's what this is. Okay, we are watching a war play out in real time. You know how Trump says they're after me? Okay, you know, but they're really after you. Okay, in a roundabout way, he's true. Okay, he's right. Because they want to win this election. They'll stop at absolutely nothing to do it. Okay, so buckle up, Buttercup, because they're just getting started. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Nikki Haley, probably the hottest candidate in the GOP primaries right now. Wrong. I just mean hottest not named Trump. Trump is clearly uh, out there with a huge lead that will only get bigger in the short term. But here is the woman trying to catch him weighing in on this Colorado maneuver. Clip three. What we saw in Colorado, I will tell you that I don't think Donald Trump needs to be president. I think I need to be president. I think that's good for the country. But I will beat him fair and square. We don't need to have judges making these decisions. We need voters to have make these decisions. So I want to see this in the hands of the voters. We're going to win this the right way. We're going to do what we need to do. But the last thing we want is judges telling us who can and can't be on the ballot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I admire your honesty. Okay, that's a woman who wants to beat him. I mean, she's flat out saying... I'm going to beat Donald Trump. You know. Wrong. All right, I have no idea how this is going to play out, but the point is she's being honest when she says this should not be up to the judges. That's not a democracy. If the judges are taking people off ballots over made-up stuff, again, Trump is not being charged with insurrection. Okay, He's not being charged with trying to steal the election. He is not in any way being criminally approached for anything that would violate the 14th Amendment, which is what they used to justify this decision. So I was not surprised to hear Ron DeSantis taking a similar approach in defending Trump. Here it is, clip four. Look, if somebody's convicted or something of of some of these things, there was no trial on any of this. They basically just said, what, you can't be on the ballot? I mean, how does that work? What's the limiting principle for that? Uh, Why could could we just say that Biden can't be on the ballot because he let in 8 million illegals uh, into the country and violated the Constitution, which he has? Uh, Could we just say, oh, well, they have uh, money coming to Hunter, whatever? So so I I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to reverse that. But, But here's the larger thing of what the left and the media and the Democrats are doing. They're doing all this stuff to basically solidify support in the primary. Tell them like it is. That's what this is ultimately after. Okay, what the Democrats want to do, this matters, is they want this thing to get so contentious. They want to get the Republican base, the people voting for Trump, so filled with hate that if, in fact, somehow Trump doesn't win this thing, okay, Not because of the courts, because he just doesn't win this thing. DeSantis overachieves in Iowa. Haley wins New Hampshire. Okay, if in fact that's the case, they want the Republicans so filled with hate, they're not capable of supporting the other Republicans at the level they would approach and support Trump. And that's a lot of why they're doing this. They want to piss off the Trump voter. They want to piss off the non-Trump voter because they have no way to make a case for themselves, period. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fail. A busy day on the show. Martha McCallum, Shannon Bream, Carmen Lynch joining me in studio. Uh, if you want to join me out on the road, the tour dates are out for 2024. This is the first leg. 
there will be a second leg as well. Uh, but if you want to come see me in early 2024, uh, March the 1st, I am in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Uh, March the 2nd, I am in Sacramento, California. Uh, Friday night, March the 8th, this show is just added. I am in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Friday night, March the 8th. Saturday night, March the 9th, in Ponte Vedre, Florida. Uh, March the 29th, I will be in Helena, Montana. March the 30th, Spokane, Washington. Uh, April 5th, I am in Federal Way, Washington, right there in Seattle. April 6th, I am in Boise, Idaho. And Saturday night, May 18th, I am in Boston, Massachusetts at the Schubert Theater. Tickets for all of these shows are available right now at foxacrossamerica.com. Come hang with the gang. Uh, Right now, though, we're doing a little radio. That is my actual job description. That's what I'm here to do. Uh, So without further ado, I will get back to work. So let me tell you what's going on right now. Okay. The liberal media, which is, you know, 99.9% of the media, okay, they are back in full-throated manufactured hysteria mode. What I mean by that is if you remember in the run-up to the 2016 election, the media lit its hair on fire and was like, if Trump gets elected, there's going to be World War III the minute he gets into <laughs> Didn't happen. They're like, if Trump gets elected, the market's going to crash. <laughs> Didn't happen. Remember this? Women won't be allowed to vote. They'll be secondhand. <laughs> remember that? The Klan is going to be marching down every street in America. Okay, that was the hullabaloo. If Trump, they manufactured hysteria. They told us Russia was going to be in control of our government. Think about that. They told us that. They told us it was a plot out of an Austin Powers movie. Dr. Evil had taken control of our government from afar. That's what the media said. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But they didn't shut their mouths. And now that we're back here again in 2024 with Trump leading in the polls, they're going right back to where they started. But there's a twofold this time around. And I'll explain it to you right quick because I see through so much. As a guy who was a former cab driver, that is my superpower. Okay, I have really good instincts, really good, because I don't know anything. You don't wind up driving a taxi in your 30s because you were passing tests left and right because you managed your life well, okay? You're there uh, because you need a job, and they'll hire you, okay? But understand, you deal with so many people from so many walks of life, you get used to paying attention and reading people, and you develop pretty good instincts when it comes to analysis and everything in between. So what the Democrats like to do a lot in politics, twofold, okay, is they love to take a negative and turn it into a positive. That's their never-ending quest. Like, if you remember after Afghanistan, okay, we fled Afghanistan, okay, we took our troops out ahead of our civilians, okay, turned our back on our allies, and left $85 billion worth of weapons in the hands of a terror group. That's stupid! Use your common sense! Now, to be clear, I do want to take the official White House position on this, which is... The most clown—I mean, the most clown-worthy soundbite you're ever going to hear. Okay, let me play this, and I'll continue my analysis. Okay, John Kirby, okay, Pentagon spokesperson, speaking at the White House yesterday, gives us clarification—at least he thinks anyway—on how they didn't leave a bunch of weapons in Afghanistan. Listen to this, clip 38. We didn't just leave a bunch of weapons in Afghanistan. This is a fallacy. This is a farce. What we did over the course of our 20 years in Afghanistan. 
Of course, with congressional approval and consultations, was armed and helped equip the Afghan National Security Forces. Now, and as we have said time and time again, uh, that as the Taliban made advances, those Afghan National Security Forces, many of them decided not to fight, but yet to lay down their arms and leave. But the, the, the arms that you're talking about, and again, I can't verify these specific reports, belong to the Afghan National Security Forces. That what, what was, that's what was left behind, not that the United States just walked away and abandoned a bunch of weapons in a pile in Afghanistan. That's just not, simply not historically accurate. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Because you understand, he thinks he just dispelled the notion that we left $85 billion worth of weapons behind in Afghanistan after we fled. That is a fact check false. But what is he saying? Hey, 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 ho, hey, hey. Just want to come right out here and say it's a fallacy. It is a farce. We didn't give $85 billion of weapons and leave them behind in Afghanistan. No, no, no. We passed them off to the Afghan army and they left the weapons behind in Afghanistan. The point is, the weapons are left behind in Afghanistan. <laughs> this is what's going on right now. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Okay, other world leaders, it's true. They see the shamelessness of a traditional politician in the Oval Office because it's so juxtaposed against what we just had in terms of Trump. Trump as a guy who was not a status quo politician, you might not have liked everything that came out of his mouth, but he wasn't so brazenly and shamelessly political. The Democrats like to take negatives and attempt to sell you on the idea that they're a positive. Remember, when we fled Afghanistan, a war we fought 20 years to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. We pulled our troops out ahead of our civilians, ultimately wound up fleeing with our tail between our legs, turning our back on interpreters and local scouts and spies that helped us on the ground. Okay, we watched the full-on collapse of a government ensue in 48 hours after we had been promised by the White House that it wasn't going to collapse. And then what did they do when it was over? And we saw all the horrific you know, videos of people clinging to cargo jets and trying to fly out of the country. They got on TV with a straight face. And they were like, this is the most successful airlift in American history. That's what Biden said. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Seriously. He tried to sell you a negative as a positive. Well, look, guys, it's the most successful airlift in history. But he kind of left out the fact of why it turned into an airlift. It turned into an airlift because they were wrong about every single thing. Bingo. But they tried to sell you a negative as a positive. And in that moment, August of 2021, Biden went into that month above water in the polls by eight points. But his integrity took such a hit in the aftermath and handling of Afghanistan that he ended the month underwater in the polls. And he's never come back up. But that's where we find ourselves now. They're trying to turn a negative into the positive into the Dem in the Democratic Party. And what do I mean by it this time around? So the Democrats have a massive, and they know this, it is a massive problem with anti-Semitism. Massive. Every Ivy League institution, the people who told you we couldn't, ba we couldn't have Halloween anymore on campus because it's culturally insensitive, they're all having kill the Jews rallies. 
They're all protesting on behalf of Hamas, calling for infatadas, which an infatada is a call for the complete extermination of the Jewish race. Now, I got to be honest with you. For a bunch of people who claimed to be concerned about cultural insensitivity, okay, kill all the Jews, it's pretty insensitive. I think he's got a point. A little bit of hypocrisy there. But because such a significant percentage of the Democratic Party supports Hamas and is on board with these protests and is on board with telling you there's a moral equivalency between Israel and the people who threw 41 babies in ovens and killed and raped everybody at a rave, okay, because that is a significant portion of the Democratic Party and they are hemorrhaging support in the Jewish community, okay, what are the Democrats trying to do? They're trying to take that negative, turn it into a positive by going, oh, no, it's Trump. He's Hitler. They're the real anti-Semites. Democrats are so full of crap. But that's what they're doing. Trump gave a speech the other day where he talked about how unchecked borders has led to the poisoning of the bloodstream in this country, specifically fentanyl causing a record level of poisoning deaths, specifically the influx of people from countries that are on the terror watch list because they don't share our American values and they're coming here to cause unrest. The media seized on this as an opportunity to say Trump is literally quoting Hitler. Why are they doing that? Because they're trying to take all the focus on left-wing anti-Semitism and place it right on the Republicans. He knows what he's talking about. Listen to this absurdity from Caitlin Collins. And listen to how she phrases this. Clip 10. The man who is leading the Republican field's amped up immigration rhetoric is now invoking the same terms that were once used by Adolf Hitler. In Mein Kampf, Hitler wrote, the Jew, and I'm quoting him here, poisons the blood of others. Trump has used that line before and other phrases like it that echo Nazi rhetoric. But it should be noted that, as you can see there, he is reading off a teleprompter, meaning that he knew exactly what wanted to say don't you have any respect for yourself no she has zero he is reading off a teleprompter and to be clear if you give the full context of the teleprompter as jd vance did in the following clip i'm about to play you you understand that this is what they do okay they take trump words never perfect and try to give them a bigger broader meaning like for instance One of the most popular controversies in the history of the Trump presidency was the Democrats claimed that Trump gave a speech in which he said there were fine people on both sides of a KKK rally, of the Tiki, not a KKK rally, but the Tiki torches down in Charlottesville, West Virginia. Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. And the rhetoric out of the media was Trump. Never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists. He said there were good people on both sides. Okay, here's the full clip. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also... You had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You, got a, you, had a lot of bad, you had a lot of bad people in the other group, too. Now, the media took that exact clip, the exact clip I just played you, where he said, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and white nationalists. They should be condemned totally. The media took that exact clip and said Trump 
didn't condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists. He said we have very fine people on both sides. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But do you see how destructive that is to our country? When you inflame tensions the way they do, most people take the media uh, perception of that soundbite at face value. Ah, Trump simply said there was fine people on both sides. That's not what he said. It's a much bigger take than what they've tried to reduce it to. And specifically, when he was talking about Antifa, when he said there were some fine people, he was specifically talking about Antifa. If anything, we should be mad at him for that because Antifa is human garbage. Okay, it's a group that poses as anti-fascist. And their aim is to violently suppress the speech of people they don't agree with, which by definition is actual fascism. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So you understand that when they try to run with, oh, it's Trump, he's quoting Hitler, it's anti-Semitic. The Republicans are anti-Semitic. They're trying to turn a negative for their party into a positive. And that manufactured hysteria, this is the second gear of this, in their mind, allows for the unprecedented legal maneuvers like the ones we're seeing in Colorado. Hey, look, I know it's not normal to take somebody off the ballot, but the guy's quoting Hitler. We got to do something. Am I right? The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, here is J.D. Vance reacting to all of this. Let's start with clip 11. What do you have to say to um, the former president's comments over the weekend about immigrants and saying that they're poisoning the blood of America? Well, look, I've been asked this question a number of times, and here's, here, here's my view on these comments. First of all, he didn't say immigrants were poisoning the blood of this country. He said illegal immigrants were poisoning the blood of the country, which is objectively and obviously true to anybody who looks at the statistics about fentanyl overdoses. And I, I think just one, one observation about the press as an organization, you guys seem far more upset about the guy who criticized the problem than you did about Joe Biden, who's causing this problem. Think about that. They're madder at Trump for talking about the border and his rhetoric than they are at the guy who let 8 million people cross the border illegally, end result of which is a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. They're not talking about Biden. They're like, well, do you hear how Trump described the problem? But why are they doing that? because it allows them to take the anti-Semitism conversation and shift it to the other party. Here's the rest of his take, clip 12. I'm sure you're a student of history. You're well aware what that kind of language represents in, in historical context. What organization do you represent? I work at the Associated Press. The idea that I am well aware, you just framed your question implicitly assuming that Donald Trump is talking about Adolf Hitler. It's absurd. It is absurd. Why do you think that Donald Trump's language is targeted at the blood of the immigrants and not at the blood of the American citizens who are being poisoned by the fentanyl problem? You think he was referring to I think to this fentanyl? is ridiculous. If you watch the speech in context and you look at what's going on, it is obvious that he was talking about the, the very clear fact that the blood of Americans is being poisoned by a drug epidemic. The, the, to, to, see, to take that comment and then to immediately assume that he's talking about immigrants as Adolf Hitler talked about Jews is preposterous. You know what? For real. This is for you. Like anybody willing to go at the media head on and articulate it as clearly as they did understand what's happening right now in our media. 
They're manufacturing hysteria by catering to the lowest and the intellectually laziest among us. The people who still get a rise out of racism accusations are just the dumbest, laziest people you'll ever meet. In this day and age, we are so far past race because we are the most integrated, tolerant, and inclusive society in America and in the world as a whole. Understand, okay, there is no other country with a population this diverse, okay, with a population that coexists this well, okay? There's not a more tolerant one on the planet, so the people that still get a rise out, oh, they're throwing Hitler back in there. Yo, the other side is literally yelling to kill the Jews. And they want you to believe Trump is the problem for the Jewish race. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Stack in the deck in the next hour. We'll get Martha McCallum and Shannon Bream. You talk about tag team champions, my word. But, of course, tomorrow, the true title holders, uh, Jenny Fallon and Lincoln Fallon, uh, have just confirmed uh, they're going to be appearing on Fox News Saturday night. This coming Saturday. Uh, it'll air at 10 p.m. I'm, of course, hosting the show. Jenny making her TV debut. You've heard her on the radio a lot. She better not screw it up on the TV. On the telly, uh, and the episode will, of course, re-air on Sunday, Christmas Eve as well. So you get a good dose of the Fala family over the holidays this year while we're eating and drinking ourselves senseless somewhere on either Long Island or Ohio. It's going to get wild. Uh, but in the next hour, we got a hot one. Batting leadoff, Martha McCallum, host of the story, uh, as good as it gets in this industry or any industry, so don't go anywhere. She joins us at the top of the hour next. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are fired up in this hour to bring you just an absolute embarrassment of radio riches. I must have looked banged up when I walked into Fox this morning because they really did stack the deck on this show. They were like, there's no way he's getting through this thing on his own. Must have had a late night at the comedy club. I don't know what kind of vibe I was giving off in the lobby when I saw the executives this morning. But in this hour, uh, not only will we be joined by Shannon Bream, the host of Fox News Sunday, but batting leadoff. When you talk about the pride of the fleet, did I read that right? You wrote it down. I'm kidding. Uh, the host of the story, the great Martha McCallum, is here, and the crowd goes wild. Great to see you. Um, Hello, no, we, we, we butter people up. If Does it comes, call you James. So here's the thing, okay? On my taxi license, I was a James. Uh huh. That's the only time I would ever get called James because James, I, I believe, sounds like a more esteemed driver. Like, James sounds like he knows where he's going. It sounds like the chauffeur. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that, it sounds like you don't have a last name. You just, right. you just say James on there. Jimmy sounds like he might have been an off-track betting an hour ago. Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Jimmy, probably. Jimmy's driving like he's being chased, you know? James is a little more dignity to that. And so, yes, to answer your question, you would get the occasional James. But outside of that, I actually don't get a lot of that, which is unfortunate. I think I'm going to call you James for I think on. you should go with it. I think I am. I think two I just things. Had the, I just had this gut sort of, like, Gee, I wonder if anyone calls him cheese. No, no, so. you could you could make that your thing for 2024. Me. Class me. me up. Because here's the other thing. Is like you could just slap like a British accent on anybody and make them 50 IQ points smarter. 
100%. If I or more sw- handsome. Yes, yes, you anything. Know? I mean, you can be, yeah, I, I think it does work a little bit the other way around for British people. They're yeah. very, they love a good American accent, mm-hmm. but uh, absolutely. This is a good, like, extreme makeover. It's like, pimp my pundit. Yes. How do we fix this guy? Well, we give him a more formal name and he's British James, now. And we're going to also work on your British <laughs> accent. And uh, before you know it, I love you're this. going to have a whole new aspect to yourself. This is why you book Martha McCallum on the show. There's so much more <laughs> than news than analysis. I'm a whole new person in 2024. It's a big deal. James. Well. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. I know the McCallums are fired up. Let me ask you this, okay? It's a conversation I recently had with none other than Nikki Haley, okay? Mm-hmm. Nikki Who's Haley. on my show today. They're, of course. Okay, Shameless so there you go. Plug, of course. You got to watch the story. It's in, in our house. It's we watch it twice. We watch it live, of course. We DVR <laughs> it. Um, but the truth, but the truth is, Nikki Haley, and she confessed to this the last time I had her on. Mm-hmm. I was hosting the Saturday Night Show, and you know, this kind of heavy hitting journalism I subject my guests to is I asked her if she had ever done a keg stand. And she, I actually saw this. Yes. Oh, okay. There you yes. go. You watch this. I did. Hold on a second. You, you, she said yes. You doubled my ratings. Can we just discuss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a second viewer. Jenny. I, I did see this, and she said yes. Thank you. And I, I believe, okay, that that is, like, worth a point in the polls. I, I You get street cred for a keg stand in this day and age. I, I don't want to know that you'd you be know, doing one in the You know, I've never done a keg stand, they were and, kind of a, yeah. but this, this does not take away from my – I have done – Funnels. Fair. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's what, when I was in college, yeah, you, that you was more the popular. Beer. You do yeah. the funnel, the big plastic mm-hmm. funnel and the long tube. Uh-huh. And it, yeah. But so does that count? No, if you funnel the beer, as... shotgun to beer, it's just yeah. right there with a keg Absolutely. stand. You don't get <laughs> quite the same visual. But if we were going to talk about street cred in the movie Old School, yep. he's funneling beer. So if I'm James, you're Frank the Tank. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very old school anyway. So yes, funnels, <laughs> shotguns, no no cake stand. But I was really impressed when Nikki said that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I admired the candor. And did you, did you ask her if there were pictures? I did. But that was we had this discussion yeah. offline. I don't believe there are, but she talked pretty candidly about her love of Def Leopard. Yes. Stands. She went to Clemson, so by law, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got it's, it. Yeah. It's in the admissions office. They actually <laughs> they look at your SATs and they're like, "All right, get upside down." Exactly. You want to go to this school exactly. or what? <laughs> That's what happens, Martha. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, we're talking about the GOP primary field. Uh, it is my understanding. I'm going to run this by Shannon Bream later too. She knows things as well. Uh, that out in Colorado, if they're trying to take Trump off the ballot, the party could convert to a caucus, and then it doesn't matter. So we're basically watching. You know, a lot of weird legal maneuvering. You know what, Jimmy? We uh, knew that 2024 was going to get really weird. Yeah, And I think this is just the beginning of it. And as Jonathan Turley said last night, you know, there's enough tension in the country. It's a powder keg as it is. And it feels like justice departments around the country just keep throwing matches at it. Yeah. This is uh, an extraordinary move. And I think that regardless of your politics, unless you're just a sheer Trump hater, Mm -hmm. In which case, you might be wrong because I think this is probably going to backfire like yeah. every single indictment in terms of his popularity. But most people feel weird about this. Yeah. Something feels really not right about taking someone off the ballot. Anybody who wants to run for president should be able to run for president in the United States of that, America. That's a great point. We're talking to the great Martha McCallum, and it's, it's the way they're doing it because it's obviously unprecedented in nature. But they're also telling us that it's justified because of a crime he's not being charged with. And they're saying we're doing this in the name of protecting democracy. So and the only way to protect democracy is to violate the tenets of democracy. Imagine me coming to the, McCall- the McCallum House and being like, listen, we have an arson problem. So in order to protect you from the arsonist, we're going to burn it down ourselves. Oh, thank you. It's the same thing, yeah, though. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what's I the know, matter? It, it's a seven-panel 
judge, a seven yeah. judge panel, three of them uh, voted against this, mm-hmm. and they're they're all democratically appointed. So th- I think that shows you right there the yeah. kind of imbalance with how people feel looking at this, thinking, I don't know, some about this just doesn't it just doesn't sit right, yeah. and it's um, you know you should you have to give people the right to vote. Yep. That, that that's the way. It's not. It's yeah. very un-American. We're, it's a weird season. You know, we had a writer's strike in America this year, and I think the writers are back now, mm-hmm. and they're really overcompensating. <laughs> this, 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 this. They're writing some really crazy yeah. plot twists. They're like, how about this? <laughs> You're watching the I've trailer. I've home for several months. I'm thinking, why don't we take him off the ballot in a few states? <laughs> as, we, as we head into 2024, the trailer, as we head into the holidays for what's going to 2024 is going to look like is bananas. It really yes. is crazy between the election and everything else. So I will ask you this in an effort to downshift. Um, I would imagine the McCallums are pretty pro-Christmas. Um, do you guys – in my family, it's, we're a big food family. And to be honest with you, my family doesn't drink as much as they should. Like I know they need – they actually think they need to drink more. Okay, yeah. They eat a lot. But uh, do, uh, do the, are the McCallums pro-party? Do you guys get pretty rowdy? Oh, we are absolutely pro-party. We're pro-caroling. <laughs> oh, we, thank we you. We do a lot of singing. We do a lot of eating. We do a fair amount of drinking. We mm-hmm. are very big Christmas people. And the thing I love the most is for my kids' friends to yeah. all come over and, you know, get dressed up and hang out and Christmas oh, carol great. and dance and all kinds of stuff. I'm a very, very big Christmas I love that. celebration person. I love that so much. That's what I grew up around. And what I say to the listeners every day is something that gets lost on us because politics can be so contentious is we're all in the fun business in life. No matter what it says on your business card, if you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun today. So I tell people that every day. If you get out of bed with the mindset that your job description is the fun business, you might have to go to a different job, but you can have fun doing it. And I think a lot of people miss the boat on that. And I, I don't know. I, I thankfully haven't because I was raised in that other environment. But the reason I bring it up is because I think it speaks to something. It's a term. You know, you hear a lot about, like, privilege and white privilege and all that stuff. I think there's one privilege that matters. I think there's such a thing as family privilege. I think if you come from a good, fun family that models excellence and ambition, you know, and empathy, I think if you come from that, you have a good relationship with your family, you win. And I think that's something the holidays really give you a chance to celebrate more than anything. Uh, So that's what I'm most excited about. As, As reserved as that sounds for me, like you would think I'm running like a gambling ring at a dog track, but I know that's my accent, but it's not my vibe, Martha. We're just gonna, you know. You do a little family stuff. You know, I, I totally agree. Last night, um, my daughter and I had planned to make some cookies when I got home. By the time I got home, I was tired. It had been a really long day. I was like, do we really want a cookie today? Okay. Yes, yes, we're going to cookie today. <laughs> so, yes, I'm up until 11 o'clock putting away the – you know what? They're my favorite, the peanut butter ones, and oh, you yeah. smush the – chocolate kiss on the top yeah, yeah yeah i mean what other cookie do we need no we can talk it's the about best. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i never understand like why there's another kind of cookie except for maybe chocolate chip which is I, also I, indispensable you, the thing you know it's so funny about the versatility of the chocolate chip is that it still manages to make its way onto every christmas cookie exactly platter. exactly you got the star you got the I bell know, there's always going to be a chocolate chip you, hanging you know back they, there you know with a little tr- bit of like pink yeah, dust from say, the other cookies you know what they try well that's what they try to do <laughs> people try to dress up the chocolate chip because they want to make it look like it's seasonal. Yeah. But at your core, we're all wired to run on chocolate chips. Exactly. No, I, I see you with the powdered sugar on the chocolate chip. It's the only way yeah, you yeah. It, serve it that it's way the whole there year. The corner. Absolutely. Uh, there it is. Whoever's going to win this thing in 2024, make America chocolate chip again. Exactly. If we can get there, <laughs> this country campaign. has a shot, Martha McCallum. <laughs> and that's why you have Martha McCallum batting leadoff on the show. More uh, of our attempts to opiate the masses with our wit and wisdom when we come back right here on the High Flying Death Defying Fox Across America.
Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. This is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon fired up on a Wednesday and reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Shannon Bream around the corner. A woman far too classy for a program such as this. I agree with that. Now, I will have you know. Hold on a second. That's a cheap shot at me from the control booth. Uh, Shannon Bream is a, is a friend of, of the Failavision. Uh, we're good pals. We do some TV together. We do some radio together. I don't doubt that she's going to come to one of my stand-up gigs in 2024. Wrong. All right, I gave it a shot. But if you want to come, things you need to know. Uh, here are the dates. First leg of the Everybody Calm Down Tour. I named it after us because that is our vibe. The world's on fire. We're roasting radio marshmallows. I am trying to spread our gospel of chill out. So if you're down to help, uh, here are the dates for the first leg. March 1st, I am in Idaho Falls, Idaho. March the 2nd, I am in Sacramento, California. March the 9th, Ponte Vedre, Florida. March 29th, I am at the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. March the 30th, I am in Spokane, Washington, and then dig this. April 5th, the Federal Way Performing Arts Center in Federal Way. April 6th, the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And Saturday, May the 18th, the Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. Tickets to every one of those shows available at foxacrossamerica.com. Foxacrossamerica.com. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I'm telling you, nothing better to be a part of uh, than a Fox Across America rally. And it is a rally. Uh, but what are we rallying for? Fun. Do you remember vacation with Chevy Chase? When he's like, we're going to have so much fun, you're all going to be whistling zippity doo out of your <laughs> That whole thing. That's kind of what we're going for. Uh, because when you look out of politics right now, man, just uglier by the second. Here's the Kamala clip. You want to know why people aren't sure about this administration's foreign policy? Okay, here's a good example. This is Kamala Harris. (laughs) First, she's talking about the election, uh, which she wants us to believe is the most election of our lives. The most election of our lives. What the hell did you just say? It's what she said. Okay, let me give you the clip. Clip 18. You know, every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is. This one is. We are literally talking about people who are attempting to divide our country in the most crude, frankly, and profound way. What we've got here is failure to communicate. She says, this is the most election of our lifetimes. What would you do with a brain if you had one? <laughs> she might, might have meant to say important, difficult, necessary. But every election, this they tell you, is the most important election of our lifetime. Okay, but the truth is, this election is rising in its level of importance based simply on the fact that the people in the White House have no idea what they're doing. Correct the mundo. Listen to Kamala trying to lay out Israel. Okay, listen to this clip and tell me if you have a sense 
of what we're trying to do with the situation in Israel. This is clip 35. We do also need to focus on what is happening now toward what is possible and, and, and should be possible the day after, as we call it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's clown stuff. We do also need to focus on what is happening now toward what is possible and should be possible the day after, as we call it. You don't have a clue. <laughs> I can give you a longer chunk of that. But you have to understand the problem here, okay, is Kamala speaks in redundant phrases, okay? This is how she communicates. This is a Kamala montage we've played you a million times on the show. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been we see what can be unburdened by what has been (laughs) you sound insane do you realize that you should be medicated okay she really does sound like a crazy person that montage by the way i played you 30 seconds of two minutes there's two minutes of her repeating that at every public event we see what can be Unburdened by what has been. Ha <laughs> ha. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. So here is the rest of that soundbite on Israel. And I want you to understand why I'm playing it. Okay. The country has no faith in the leadership of this country. Okay. They don't. When you look at the polling, 75% of us think we're headed in the wrong direction. Biden sucks. Okay. And Kamala's not much better. Here she is, the full quote about Israel. Begins with a doozy about possibles and happening, but did happen, but is possible if it were possible, and ends with a really bad dismount, clip 34. We do also need to focus on what is happening now toward what is possible and and should be possible the day after, as we call it. Uh, Lawrence, as you know, I was in Dubai recently meeting with a number of leaders, including many Arab leaders, to talk about our commitment as the United States to a two-state solution and a commitment to doing the hard work that that will require to get to a place where we, for the principles that we have stated, um, will insist there be no reoccupation of Gaza by the Israelis. There will be no forced displacement of Palestinians. But we work toward equal measures of security, prosperity, and freedom for Israelis and for Palestinians. And so that is a big part of our goal at this point as well, which is to do what is possible to lay the pathway for that possibility and that goal. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. (laughs) I love the end line. So that's a big part of our goal at this point as well, which is to do what is possible to lay the pathway for that possibility and that goal. It's always redundant and stupid. And I'm just telling you, I don't care if you're you know, Republican, Democrat. It doesn't matter. That's not the point of the show. It's just a talk show. But my view in this matter is we deserve better. Okay, we need someone who can speak in complete sentences. Okay, we need a president who doesn't make the sign language interpreter shrug. Okay, Biden makes up words. Kamala talks in circles. Okay, long story short. Okay, country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Weapons grade stupid. Okay, Shannon Bream, not one of them. 
the bell of the cable news ball, the host of Fox News Sunday. I mean, as the pinnacle of journalism goes, this is probably it. Yet somehow she has managed uh, to take her reputation and drag it through the mud by agreeing to be on this program. I can hear her crisis management team ratcheting up in the background. We have connected uh, and she is about to join us right here live on the show. When we come back, it is Shannon Bream on the high-flying, death-defying, internationally renowned, keto-approved audio safe space for cool people that we call Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Your radio buddy, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. But you will have to get in line because we are now calling the number at the deli counter of the bell of the cable news ball, who, like Garth Brooks, has friends in low places. The host of Fox News Sunday, but not afraid to drop by a low place like this. Shannon Bream is here and the crowd goes wild. Hey, girl. Listen, Jimmy, I'm not saying there aren't people who try to stop me from doing this, but I can't be controlled. <laughs> and listen, any, you know I love you already, but anybody who uses clips from Napoleon Dynamite, you just skyrocketed, in my opinion, <laughs> oh, to the sh- very top of the radio pile. You have no idea that I – the Napoleon Dynamite, just so you know the lineage of that movie in my family, you might appreciate this. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have a radio station out in Idaho Falls, and when I was out oh. there – making a market visit with Jenny and Lincoln, uh, we mm-hmm. actually went up the road to Preston, Idaho, where they filmed the movie. I've been to his house. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. I, I will send it to you offline. You can actually see, like, Wait, where... is this where Tina was? Yeah, Tina, like, you did you fat lord. All of it? <laughs> 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 I'm going to have to go on a field trip with you. Dude, uh, Shannon Bream, I will throw a football over a mountain, Uncle Rico style. If you Conversion so ban also there on site? <laughs> no, they were all there. We went, I'm, I'm not even kidding. We went to Big J's and ate tots. We played tetherball behind <gasps> the school where they filmed the end of the movie. The next, oh, my goodness. Yeah, the next time I run into you, I will give you my little Napoleon. T- I, I give a short, like at a bridge tour. Uh, but okay, I feel I like it. you'll come away for it, uh, from it anyway, uh, emotionally wealthier. It's spiritual cap, you know, spiritual currency. You can't spend it, but you're wealthier for having mm-hmm. accumulated it. I can feel it in the air. Oh, there it is. Someone should write a song about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Phil With a nice drum solo. Hey, there it is. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, so, Shadow Bream, you're on the line. We have a lot of grown-up things to talk about. Um, okay. This Colorado case seems obviously headed right to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there is a precedent for this here or in a lot of the other third-world countries we're starting to resemble. <laughs> um, do you have a gauge on where you think this will head at a Supreme Court level? Well, listen, there'll be an emergency filing, so that lower court ruling is sort of stayed. It's on hold until January 4th. So I'd imagine Trump's team – and keep in mind, they have another filing due with the Supreme Court, another emergency filing due today Mm -hmm. on the Jack Smith special counsel immunity question. That's a separate case. But very quickly, another group of the attorneys I think is going to be uh, appealing this Colorado State Supreme Court decision – And listen, I think the court, because there is a conflict, there are other state courts that have ruled differently than what Colorado did. There are other cases like this bubbling up. 
I do think you're going to get a, enough of a, um, a majority of these justices to say, like, God, we need to step into this question. Yeah. Um, that's just my educated guess. I do think and, and I honestly think that they would rule in the president, former president's favor, saying, was there real due process here? Like he's not been convicted or even charged with insurrection. So how can you throw him off the ballot for something he hasn't even been charged with? Much less convicted. We'll see. I think it will move pretty quickly. No, but this is the kind of big game analysis you get when you book the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. Because technically speaking, this would be like barring him for child neglect because he failed to help Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2. I mean, he left the kid right there in the airport. <laughs> How can we have a guy like that on the ballot? You're so right. I mean, all of his you know, misdeeds of the past are going to come back, especially around the Christmas season when people are reminded of what happened there with Kevin. <laughs> Left the McAllisters high and dry. Uh, Fired (laughs) Flavor Flav on The Apprentice. I mean, come on, Shannon Bream. I once met Flavor Flav. He is a very nice gentleman. Uh, I've I've met him twice. He is nice. And a lot of people didn't expect this, but he sang a great national anthem for the Milwaukee Bucks this year. He actually sang a good anthem. He sang it. How about that? Yeah. Maybe he can come to one of those Bream karaoke parties. So let me ask you this. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the prevailing wisdom... On Twitter, which I don't normally advocate for, because let's face it, Twitter is like whenever you, you whenever I log on to Twitter, I feel like I'm showing up at a party where everyone there has already had 12 drinks. Yes, and exactly. I'm just like, I'm not going to catch up intellectually to that energy. <laughs> and that's my there are very my... few designated drivers out there on X. <laughs> that's funny. There's none. There are none. Uh, but the point is I log on, and, and, and I think a lot of the talk today has mirrored what we've heard in cable news, which is the fact that if somehow this were to hold up, we could expect a lot of copycat states. Now, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think you know we've made it clear that this is unprecedented and that it is violation of his due process in a lot of ways. But do you think other states that really, truly hate this guy care? Or do you think there will oh. be some copycats? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were already there have already been a few efforts in different states, and at least one of them was shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, that case did not proceed. So yeah. there is this conflict there. But I think a number of states, if, if, if this holds with Colorado, and there's only a couple of ways that could happen, but if it does hold, the Supreme Court decides not to get involved. It, it leaves the lower court decision in place, this, this ruling in place, which is why I think the court, my gut says, will lean towards getting involved. But, yeah, there are a lot of other states where people have talked about um, the private groups and places in New Hampshire and Massachusetts and other places that have said, yeah, let's just keep blocking him from even getting there. The problem with all of these legal problems facing the former president mm-hmm. is that these things take time. And yeah. we are already, what, three, four weeks away from Iowa now. Yep. So uh, votes are going to start happening. And yeah. um, all of these legal battles in, in reality in a normal year, although we've now abandoned any idea of normal <laughs> exactly. in our country, yeah. um, these these battles would take years to get to the Supreme Court and to be decided. But whether they decide to expedite these things and jump right into the middle of the primary, they're going to be, as you said, a number of states, I think, who if, if Colorado succeeds here, will say, great, that's how we just keep them off the ballot. Yep. It is crazy. They're gonna they're gonna run a lot of clock, is what I say. And uh, yep. it's so fascinating. Uh, we you know we're living through so much history, Shannon Bream. Not a lot mm-hmm. of it's good. Uh, we need some good it's history in twenty twenty four. You know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, but and and the other thing too with this Colorado Colorado ruling, it's like every legal ruling that has 
gone against the former president or his team, it forces all of his GOP rivals to go out there and say something in defense of him. Yeah. I mean, every single one of them have had to come out and say, like, this is a due process, this is a travesty, I want to beat him on a level playing field, not in the courts. The courts are, you know, yep. have gone way out of line. I mean, so just like when he's been indicted and with these other criminal indictments that he's facing, every one of his rivals has to go out there and rally to his defense. So there's probably a net positive for him in this, mm-hmm. um, you know, this Colorado rolling at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's I don't know. I don't want to say it's sad, but it's like a troubling reflection on the perceived integrity of our justice system that indictments no longer harm candidates. You know, there was a time where if a major politician got indicted for anything, just indicted, they generally resigned that night, gave a speech about spending more time with their family and then flew off to the Bahamas with a mistress or something, you know, but (laughs) it's just, you know, the way it went. But nowadays, uh, the fact that these indictments aren't hurting him, um, Mm -hmm. I think says more about the perceived integrity of the justice system than it does about him. You know, they try to pass this off as well as followers are in some kind of a cult, but I don't think we're dealing with that so much as we're dealing with what looks like the weaponization of law, uh, lawfare, if you will. And I think there's just a a pushback against that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, polling out there shows us that people are increasingly um, not confident in their major institutions, government, Mm -hmm. judicial. People are enormously skeptical, and they think almost everything is political. Now, whether it's for your side or the other guy's side, they do not trust that things are being done just down the middle of the road. And that's what we need to feel from our judicial system. It's certainly what we would need to feel from our DOJ and our FBI and all of those things. But people are just losing faith in institutions. And it is tending, I think, to make us feel more divided. Because if you think whichever agency or whichever court is ruling against your guy for a political reason and not following the strictures of the law, it really undermines the fabric of our society. And people on both sides are feeling that. They're pointing the fingers. They're doing the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, when people look at these – and the interesting thing in this Colorado case that just came out yesterday is that the dissenting justice um, is not a right-wing conservative by any stretch. I mean this is a Democrat who is out there ripping apart the court saying this does not resemble – any kind of court proceeding I've been a part of in the decades that I've been a part of the judicial system, there are flaws with the way that this is done. This is not right. So a very full-throated dissent from somebody who is not a Trump supporter. Wow. This is where we find ourselves as we head into the next season of America. Wow. What a cliffhanger. This is nuts. Mm. Um, How will it end? <laughs> well, in the you know what I'm more concerned with right now is how the year ends in terms of holiday celebrations. Can you give me some insight mm-hmm. into Christmas music in the Bream House? Do you listen to Elvis White Christmas or is there a lot of the Ronettes? I know Def Leppard has Christmas songs, but I can't mm-hmm. advocate for listening to them. Um, well, listen, anything Def Leppard, you know, I'm going to listen to. Um, and as for Christmas music, for me, it plays 365. Okay. I'm sorry for those of you who are shocked and horrified by that. But it is in my playlist that I use when I run and when I work out and stuff. So I'm always listening to Christmas music. Is that true? I like old. I like new. It is true. Um, <laughs> you know, when you know Santa Claus is coming to town, yeah. you will up your reps in your way because you got to get in shape. you got to get ready. You want it to be on the nice list and not on the naughty. And that counts for working out, too. <laughs> So Santa I'm, motivates me all year round. It's funny to know, like, some insight into your process, that you're like a human CVS. You have the Christmas decorations exactly. out in, like, North, 
early September. I love this. I did. I literally did this year start them at home in October because I was like, the world is a really horrific dumpster fire. I'm going to decorate for Christmas in October, (laughs) and we're just going to start the cheer. I think it's fair. Okay. Last but not least, because we did invoke Def Leppard, we do have a one leopard, you know, Mm -hmm. reference minimum in Mm -hmm. our in our agreement when we do the show together. Exactly. Something uh, you might not have known. Uh, but I was recently hosting Fox News Saturday night. We had Nikki Haley on. Not mm-hmm. only uh, did she actually know enough about Def Leppard that, like, she wouldn't have been faking the funk if we were having a conversation with her. Like, she mm-hmm. wasn't dropping a name. But she confessed mm-hmm. live on air uh, to doing multiple keg stands in college. Nikki Haley. Oh I think. Okay. Goodness. Re- regardless of where the <laughs> regardless of where the polling is, I know there's a lot of different metrics that send people to the to the polls. But multiple keg stands at Clemson for me, I think, is worth like two points. No. Well, listen. I will say this: she and I are the same age, roughly, and okay. so I I truly love her taste in music. I appreciate that. But I went to Liberty University, <laughs> so I'm probably gonna have to break with her on the keg stand <laughs> history. Uh, <laughs> did not share that with her, although share her musical taste. Uh-huh. Um, can I tell you a secret also? Yep. Um, I have a friend. Maybe mm. I will divulge his name at some point. Who came to me a couple days ago and said, "I have something special for you." He said, I have been collecting these things for years. My wife says, enough. I've got to start farming some of this stuff out. He unzips this thing and hands me a guitar with all these signatures on it. And I'm trying to look at it and take this in. He's like, yeah, it's every member of Def Leppard. Stop it. Shannon Bream. I mean, I'm sorry, but Christmas is over now. There, you just <laughs> I'm not going to get a more exciting present, right? Your street cred is through the roof right now. I mean, it's, you know, if, if the people are driving off the road in sheer ecstasy. This I is know. epic stuff. Um, so I've decided I'm going to learn to play guitar on this particular one. Is that true? Why not start right at the top? I'm going to start with <laughs> photographs. I love we're going from like uh, books about women of the Bible to a songbook. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want a, a mm-hmm. Shannon Bream uh, music catalog for 2024. Can we make a, a half a promise? Yes. To the American and people? you know, what's going to be like church lady style because I used to love that when they yeah. would do that on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jenny Fela played a mean organ in church. So if we need to scare up a band, we're going to team up. I'll throw my weight around. Uh, Ho, 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 (laughs) Shannon Bream. You're the greatest. Merry Christmas. See you soon. There she goes. The great Shannon Bream, the belle of the cable news ball, who got an autographed guitar from every member of Def Leppard. It honestly doesn't get any better than that. The country peaked, guys. It peaked mid to late 80s. Like, if you wanted to know, that is actually when it peaked. Ronald Reagan was the president. The Bears had just done the Super Bowl shuffle in 85. Uh, Bill Cosby, Dr. Huxtable, was dancing in every living room in America. This was before he had been banned from every bar in America. But society was integrated, pop culture was everywhere, and we had an appreciation for this country, a collective buy-in that we're lacking now, okay, because the trick to government dependency is to make people hate the country they're living in and convince it that it can't get by on its own. And at the end of the day, that's how they trick you into government dependency. They tell you it can solve every one of your problems and you need it to because the previous version of the government screwed you over. That's what we're going with now. And that's why we're all so miserable. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. 
He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. A lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together on a Wednesday. Everybody, you look around social media, you look around the mall, look around the parking lot. Everybody's on the verge of snapping. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. The reason I keep doing Omaha Steaks commercials on this show is it really was the best gift I ever got. The one thing I'm looking forward to more than anything else this holiday season is I just like going home and cooking. I just like being there. Now, you know, you may have a different relationship with being home because you're not on the road as much as I am, but I have been everywhere. Uh, And the fact that I have the next two months to actually just be around with my family watching NFL football is something I'm very thankful for. Uh, Of course, this weekend, I'm heading right back out on the road. Me and the link man are going to Pittsburgh. We're going to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers beat up on Bill Hemmer's Cincinnati Bengals. That was our Christmas gift to each other. So we're getting in the car Friday morning and driving out to the Berg. We'll be in WJAS country. We may even honk the horn, give the finger to everybody listening on Connect FM out in Clearfield. Who knows? We might even go find my Uncle Sam in Bucks County, if you're listening on Bucks County, Beaver County Radio, the Bucks County people. They know where I'm at. But the point is, Beaver County, we are coming your way. Got to stop by Ambridge and see the Polish Falcons, uh, where Uncle Sam is a member in good standing and uh, get a little fun in the sun out there in the Berg where it's probably going to be a balmy 13 degrees. You know how they roll out there. Uh, But I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited for the holidays. I hope you guys, wherever you are, are getting in the zone, man. Get ready to go have some fun. The way the world has been, and I I could really get a feel for it in talking to Shannon Bream because she's somebody who covers, obviously, news day in and day out, and she's covering the most consequential news, which is the stuff that happens at the Supreme Court. Uh, The way the news is trending as we head into 2024, it is going to be an absolute positive food fight in 2024. You're going to have Trump on trial in five different locales. You're going to have primary season, caucus season starting the second weekend of January, second week of January. Uh, Obviously, you're going to have all the scrambling behind the scenes in the Democratic Party to get rid of Joe Biden. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Now, listen, I'm not telling you it's going to happen. But you damn sure better believe they want it to happen. I agree with that. The level of madness that has to be ensuing behind the scenes when it comes to internal polling for the Democrats is how you arrive in a scenario where Colorado is trying to take Trump off the ballot. Now, it was only a primary ballot. And what this ultimately means is the Republican Party in Colorado will ultimately do without a primary, and they may very well switch to a caucus as an end around, so this ruling ultimately amounts to nothing. (laughs) But again, the point of this ruling, it's kind of like Alvin Bragg indicting Trump in New York. Okay, the process is the punishment. Give him something to do besides campaign. Hang a cloud over his head to make the conversation about something besides his record. What Colorado is trying to do is set a precedent so other states can open up the floodgates. They don't care that it's unwarranted. They don't care that it's unprecedented. The only thing they care is that it hinders his ability to run for office again and win. So what you're ultimately going to see in 2024 is a food fight from a lot of people who just don't want to take this anymore, from a lot of people that have lost faith in the judicial system.
system for a lot of people who just look out at the world, take a deep breath and say to themselves, I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, you better believe it is. We are fired up in this hour as we get ready to top the last hour. It's not true. No, we can do it. We're going to do it. You can't handle the truth. All right. Well, anyway, we will make a valiant attempt with the help of Carmen Lynch, a nationally touring comedian whose mom happens to be a huge Fox fan. I'm a huge fan of Carm. Uh, She's a fan of myself. Jenny Fela actually loves her as a stand-up comic. She's a great friend, and one of the things I like to do on this show, I think the coolest thing about having this show, is using it to highlight the talents of other people. I mean, that was probably my favorite thing about being a cab driver, is driving along on the radio and hearing the hot terrestrial shows of the day bring on comedians they liked and friends they hung out with and helping them to amplify uh, their reach. So this is a very cool day for me. Uh, And, of course, along the way, when I'm not doing radio good deeds, we will talk about the country, which i got to be honest with you, little bit of a mess right now in D.C. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Especially when it comes to the border. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about the Trump shenanigans out in Colorado, where the... Courts have just voted to take Donald Trump off the 2024 ballot. That's just how white folks will do you. Well, the Supreme Court is going to have some say in that doing. So that one is yet to shake out. That emergency court injunction, I believe, is on January the 4th. But if you want to offer some analysis, you want to weigh in on any of this, 888-788-9910. You know the deal, the show, an audio safe space for cool people. All are welcome. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. Just don't be a bang. I'm actually in a great mood, you guys. Uh, It's a busy day for me. So my book, which is available for pre-order right now, it is called Cancel Culture Dictionary. An A to Z Guide to Winning the War on Fun. Okay, that book, you can buy it right now at foxnewsbooks.com. A lot of you have. Uh, Thank you. That's really amazing. Book's doing really well. Uh, But the point is, the documentary about the book that we film here for the Fox News Channel, which will air in January, uh, is in its last stage of shooting today. When I get off the air, I get to go finish up that documentary. Uh, It is a project that has taken me all around the country in the last six months. So there's a finish line in sight. uh, But more importantly, there's a passion for the project that I think makes what we wrote here a must-read. And I'm not saying that to sell you books. I'm saying that because it's our manifesto in print. If you listen to the show every day, okay, we are the cool people. We are. Okay, it doesn't mean, you know, we're the Fonz. We're walking around with a pack of cigarettes under our T-shirt. Hey. Okay, but it means we're cool in that we're in on the joke that if you live in this country, you have hit the lottery. You have American privilege if you live here, which is something nobody else in the world has but you. Okay, there are people wealthier you know, on a case-by-case basis, but there's nobody better off in life than you because you live in the greatest country and source of good the world has ever known. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Now, my book is very much a really jokey, like probably too jokey and way, way too far in a lot of instances 
for a lot of people. Like, we really took it there, uh, but in an effort to make the case that America is currently fighting all the wrong battles. And what I ultimately feel in vindication will be for me and the efforts I've made is that if enough people read it, we will actually change the culture. Like, I'm trying to help. I'm new to media. I care. Okay, I might be stupid. I might be naive to feel this way. Uh, but I'm trying to use all of these platforms that I've gotten my hands on as force multipliers of positive energy, ports in the storm where people can kind of go to be sane. You don't have to scream. You don't have to hate the guy who disagrees with you. Uh, you have to enjoy yourself while tactfully disagreeing with folk. That's the only rule of the show. That's the only barrier of admission. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. So if you didn't order the book, uh, go pre-order it. It's foxnewsbooks.com. You will love it. If you listen to the show, you will absolutely love the book. You're just hanging out with me, and we're talking a lot of smack about a lot of people. Uh, and today, when we finish that doc, uh, we will also announce the release date of when the documentary is going to air and all that fun stuff in between. So buckle up, Buttercup. But in the meantime, let's do a little radio, you and me. You know what I'm saying? That's the move here. <laughs> Talking about barriers, uh, the one at the southern border, uh, we halted construction on that barrier. And since Donald Trump left office and Joe Biden took over, the guy has let eight million people into the country illegally. You have no idea how to defend a nation. So to make this a substantive conversation, let's start there. When we talk about immigration in this country, OK, it is a country that was built on immigration. However, that immigration, are you ready for it? It was legal. Bingo. Okay, nobody has a problem with legal immigration. Okay, what we're talking about at the southern border, illegal. Illegal. Okay, illegal means it's more dangerous for us and the people coming across the border because they're not going through the proper channels. They're being smuggled by human traffickers, drug coyotes, stuff of that like. Okay, they are not being uh, made to pay taxes. They are not buying into this grand bargain that is America. They are coming here at the expense of the taxpayer, okay, and living off your dime. Thanks, big government weenuses. But in the process of doing so, overwhelming the infrastructure in cities around the country that are forced to bear the burden of all of this unchecked migration. Folks, there is not a thriving country on the planet that has allowed Three million people in illegally, let alone five million, let alone the current eight million we're dealing with. Biden is such a disaster. And how did we get ourselves here? We got ourselves here because border security, something both parties agreed on traditionally, became a political wedge issue when Trump ran for president. You understand both political parties voted for border wall funding. They did it under Barack Obama. They did it under George W. Bush. So when Trump came down the escalator and said, build a wall, everybody, everybody who was like, that's outrageous. How dare you? They were all full of because everybody who had voted for border wall funding now told you it was racist to support border wall. OK, understand how ridiculous, how expedient, how shamelessly transactional that is. But you understand we're used to politicians flip flopping. But we're never in our in my lifetime have I seen them so brazenly abandon principles they knew were in the country's best interest. When you leave the border open, you get more drugs. You just do. Fentanyl comes across the border. Right now we're dealing with 200,000 fentanyl deaths past year under Biden. That's an all-time record. Okay, those deaths affect people of every race. So to sit here and tell me shutting the border is somehow racist or discriminatory is either A, weapons-grade stupid or weapons-grade shameless. Okay, but then the next conversation becomes this battle we're having right now over spending in Congress. The Democrats, the Democrats, 
want unchecked spending in Ukraine. What that means is they're looking for a standalone $60 billion to fund Ukraine, and we're not allowed to audit the money that we're sending over to Ukraine. That is financial lunacy. So here's $60 billion, and you spend it on whatever the hell you want. We're not allowed to ask. We're not allowed to make sure it's going on what we're telling you it's going on. Okay, this after Ukraine's war ministry resigned because of corruption in the fall. Okay, we're now just sending them another $60 billion, and we're not allowed to ask any questions about where it's going to go. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, I make that reaction not as a Republican, but as an American. And the Democrats are fighting to have this funding get over to Ukraine. Okay, while the Republicans are fighting to get a fund for our border wall. Republicans are asking to protect our nation. Democrats are asking to protect Ukraine. Now, the truth is we can absolutely positively do both. But are the Democrats trying to do that right now? The answer would be no. No. And what they do to get their way, it's the same way they got enough people to rally against border wall funding. As they said, wow, wow, you don't support Ukraine. You must be on Putin's side. What do you work for the Kremlin? Come on, who is this dirtbag? And then everybody's like, all right, I don't want to get called names. Here's the money, Ukraine. Spend it on whatever you want. And Zelensky's like, and that's what he's doing. And that's what happened over in Iran, just the same. Iran is the biggest sponsor, state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Okay, if the Houthis are attacking us, that's a proxy, okay, that is ultimately funded by Iran. Okay, if Hamas is attacking us, proxy ultimately funded by Iran. Okay, the Houthi money comes from Yemen, to be clear, which we also give about $100 uh, million in human aid to. Okay, but you understand, we wind up financing the very attacks on our troops and our interests. It's the dumbest thing you've ever, ever seen. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. But when you see ourselves at an impasse along the southern border, and their only attempt at debate is to tell you you're a racist if you won't just give them what you want, you realize it's a shell argument. Okay, one of the reasons we're talking as aggressively as we are right now in the media about how they're all calling Trump Hitler. Well, Trump talked about uh, migrants poisoning the blood. That's like Hitler stuff. Wrong. Okay, he's talking about the fentanyl that's killing a record level of Americans, number one. But I said this earlier in the show. The reason the Democrats are playing the Hitler card again, first of all, if Trump was Hitler, the media wouldn't be allowed to criticize him. If Trump was Hitler, he never would have left power. The military would have kept him in power. Okay, the historical comparisons between Trump and Hitler denigrate the actual suffering at the hands of Nazis. So belittle what the Holocaust actually was to draw any comparison between the guy who fired Flavor Flav on The Apprentice and a guy who killed 12 million people. Okay, Trump hasn't killed anybody. Okay, not even in all those Twitter wars he got us into. Okay, but Trump hasn't started a single war. I mean, that's the one thing that probably makes him stand out more than anybody. He's the only president in the last four decades that didn't get us into a war. Okay, but when it comes to illegal immigration, the Democrats are shamelessly trying to turn a negative into a positive right now. Okay, they have a big problem with anti-Semitism on the left. All the elite academia is running around voicing support for Hamas. We've got 20,000 people rallying in front of my building here in New York City today to support Hamas, an organization that killed innocent civilians, women and children. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Not people. It's actual human garbage. I admire your honesty. 
And the Democrats know it's a problem that they're being as perceived as anti-Semitic as they are. Okay, do you know how many people on the Jewish side of the aisle now get the joke that Fox was the good guys all along? That we've helped raise over $150 million, this channel, for people suffering inside of Israel. We went to bat for the Jews. What's MSNBC doing? What's CNN doing? They're saying, eh, but you got to hear Hamas's side of the argument here. It's complicated. It's a little more delicate. No, it's not. Israel was there a few thousand years longer than Hamas. Okay, Israel is not trying to commit a genocide. They have two million Muslims living inside their country. Mind you that if they wanted to actively commit a genocide, they have the military wherewithal to do it in about five minutes. Okay, they don't have a problem with Muslims. Israel, they have a problem with terrorists. Correct the mundo. So the Democrats are harboring a lot of anti-Semites. So their way around it right now, their attempt to take that negative and make it a positive, is to shift the dynamic to Trump's the racist. Trump is using Hitler rhetoric. Here's Representative Nicole Maliotakis. She goes on CNN, okay? Abby Phillip is trying to say this is Nazi stuff, okay? How dare you? Let's start here. It is clip 14. Is Trump right? that immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country. Well, I don't think that's what he was saying. When he said they are poisoning, I think he was talking about the democratic policies. I think he was talking about the open border policy. And if you look at what my mayor, our mayor here in New York City is saying, that this migrant crisis is destroying New York City, I think it's pretty much the same thing. What we're trying to say here is that we need to have secure borders. You know, it's actually poisoning Uh, America is the amount of fentanyl that's coming over our open border. And so this is a really serious issue. And I think that that's what he's uh, talking about, that the open borders are unsafe, that it's unsustainable, and it's bankrupting cities like ours. And we need to address it. Good for her because she's spot on. But again, there's a distinction to be drawn here. The media would rather talk about Trump's rhetoric regarding the border than the human suffering that's caused by Joe Biden's policies. Okay, Biden's policies have let 8 million people in illegally. Okay, resulted in a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Yes, poisoning the blood. Okay, 2 million known gotaways, 200 members of the terror watch list in this year alone. And we're not talking about securing the border. We're talking about pretend Hitler quotes by Trump. Here's the rest of their exchange, clip 15. Congresswoman, you're saying that's what you think he's saying, but he was pretty clear. He was saying that... The immigrants who are coming in, he says they're they're poisoning yes. the blood of the nation. He says Never said that they're doing it. Poisoning, though. He's talking about people I, I, coming I across the border. I honestly think it was being we just played yeah. it. Yeah, and he said he didn't say the words the immigrants. I think he was talking about the democratic policies. He was talking poisoning. about people. Okay, well look, not I don't. He was talking about people. Look, I, I know that some are trying to make it seem like President Trump is is anti-immigrant. The reality is, he was married to immigrants. He's hired immigrants. I mean, he's not. It's. it's he's, he was he talking wants, about people yeah. coming across the border. He was yeah, they're coming that over the border. They, mm-hmm. He was saying that they were uh, that they were. Uh, they were bringing crime. They were bringing, you know, violence with them when they came into the (laughs) Abby Phillips. That was embarrassing. I mean, seriously. So embarrassing. But again, look at the effort being made. Well, he was talking about this. He was saying people are bringing crime. They are bringing crime. 30% of the women who cross the border illegally get sexually assaulted. 200,000 people have died from fentanyl. They've been poisoned and died. Okay, that's because of the border. 
Are you going to tell me that what Trump's saying on Twitter is the equivalent of a half a million women getting raped and 200,000 people dying of a fentanyl poisoning death? The answer would be no. Of course not. But that's who we have in the media right now. People that are actively, okay, they are activists masquerading as journalists. And nothing is beneath them when it comes to attacking Trump because attacking Trump is a hell of a whole lot easier than defending Joe Biden's policies. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Fired up on a Wednesday. Getting a lot done over here. Uh, we're making some moves this weekend. You're gonna, you'll hear Jenny and Lincoln on the show tomorrow because it's our last show before we take a quick, quick uh, Christmas break. I'll be off a grand total of six days. That's counting Saturday and Sunday of next week, so I'm not exactly out of your life forever. Uh, but you will hear Jenny and the Link Man tomorrow because this is a family show. Uh, you guys who listen every day are a part of this radio family. I meet a lot of you in person, and I will be doing a hell of a whole lot of that coming in March of next year. Uh, we started the tour off uh, this time around in Idaho Falls, Idaho, Friday, March 1st. Uh, Saturday, March 2nd, we'll be in Sacramento, California. Uh, sat, uh, Friday, March the 8th, we just a- added a show in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hey, girl. Saturday, March 9th, we are in Ponte Vedre Beach, Florida. And then March 29th, we're in Helena, Montana, March 30th in Spokane, Washington. And now dig this. Friday night, April 5th, Federal Way, Washington. Saturday, April the 6th, we are in Boise, Idaho. And then Saturday, May the 18th, Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts, going up to hang out with all of the Red Sox fans who reside up in Boston. I'm surrounded by idiots. Totally. But it doesn't mean we won't slang some good jokes at them and have a good time. Uh, In the next break, I'm going to be dragging in one of my dear friends, uh, one of Jenny Fela's all-time favorite comics. Uh, She tours the country. She is not, you know, I don't consider her politically active in any direction, one way or the other, but her mom watches Fox News, so she gets bonus points for that. And bonus points for being cool. Carmen Lynch is going to come by, and we're going to have a chat about the state of our country right now through the eyes of two people who really just want you to have a good time. Let's face it. If saving this democracy comes down to two people who were paid in drink tickets the first five years of the career, uh, we're already too screwed to save. I think he's got a point. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There are just so many superlatives I could throw at this next guest, but I think the one that stands out the most is that her mom's a big Fox News fan. I mean, no, she loves. I mean, she watches Fox News, but she loves you. Is that true? We're going to talk about this. Well, uh, the Mutual Admiration Society in full effect, because as you know, my wife, Jenny Fallon, considers you her favorite comedian. And that's a big deal. I I can't believe it. No, but it is. Like, I'm sleeping with this woman. I mean, not a lot. We're married. But she considers, yeah, how about that? Oh, Carm. Oh, my God. It's like I'm there. Carmen Lynch is here and the crowd goes wild. There it is. Bang. Please sit. Sit. 
Good to see you, baby girl. Great to see you. Do I need to get close to this, or am I good? Yeah, a little closer. As a yeah, you can pull person, a little closer. I wonder, yeah, calm you know? for those of you who've never met her in person. She's seven foot three. <laughs> I'm not true. She's how tall are you for real? How tall are you I'm for six real? feet? Six feet. Yeah. Yeah, so at six feet, you couldn't actually make it in the WNBA. You know, I never tried. Yeah, no, but you wouldn't make it because you're pretty. But anyway, stick with Hey, there you go. Shots at the ladies. I gave you a little something. Good to see you. So here's a story. Okay, Carmen Lynch, a nationally touring comedian, and dare I say internationally touring comedian, because she has a stand-up special out here in America, but she also has one out where? In España, gracias. Whoa! In Spain, thank you. Yo, you've gone global since the last time we hung out. I mean, hopefully it's doing well. I don't hear about it. I'm in a different country. I don't. I just let them do their thing. It's streaming in Spain. It's almost you're, better not to know. You're getting ripped off by some Spain-based promoter. <laughs> you're actually the biggest pop star. You're like the Madonna yes. of Spain. You're going to go back there next time be on every billboard. And you're like, how did I only make $17? You know that opera Carmen? That's yeah, about yeah. me. <laughs> the subject of the opera itself. Uh, and your special is also streaming here in America. Did I understand correctly? It's also on Mark Norman's YouTube page. It is only on Mark Norman's. Oh, is YouTube that true? Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't really go over that with you. The nice thing about this show, as you can see, is not a lot of preparation. Uh, I like it, Lucy Goosey. Hey, girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, the whole hook of this show, for real, is that, as you know, like my superpower is mm. that I don't have a superpower, and it makes me like more normal and relatable. And I think people feel comfortable around that because most people who host big radio shows yeah. think they know stuff. Well, you seem like a jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit of that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a good thing. 2023, I'm probably more of a Jill, but, you know. Okay, yeah. Just, just covering my bases here. You know what I mean? I'm Nothing gonna get, wrong with that. I don't want to get in trouble. You, you can know, be a Jill. Different world. But isn't it funny? Okay, I wanted to talk to you about this as an internationally touring comedian. That a lot of people look at the world on fire and they say to us, like, oh, it's a comic. This must be amazing. I don't actually agree that it is because I think it's harder to be funny when the world is funny. You know what I mean? When there's a lot of things that are already ridiculous that are funny at face value, I actually think we have to work harder. And you have to be, like, careful. Uh And there's so many comedians. There's too many comedians. And there's influencers. It's like, remember remember when we met at Ha Comedy Club 38 years ago? (laughs) (laughs) It was a legit 20 years ago. It was literally 20 20 years years ago. ago. And we were, like, a special thing. They were like, you're a comedian? Like, what is that? Uh Like, it was a special thing. It was unique. We were part of Now, like, everyone on Earth, well, everyone on Earth says they're a comedian. It doesn't necessarily mean they are but you mentioned influencers and i think it's funny because the one thing about influencers is and i love watching this play out in real time is being funny on tiktok is as you know not the same thing as a comedy club and and there are a lot of people getting famous on tiktok coming to a comedy club and dying some of the worst deaths you'll ever witness and i've enjoyed that oh yeah no it's 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 like oh you thought it was easy you thought what we did for 20 years is easy go ahead go try it go good you you lip sank to a song with your cat and you have three million followers now and what are you going to do with the other 49 minutes on stage (laughs) well that's the point carm is that I know people who will open for influencers. You know, if, like, you're the MC, you're doing 12 to 15, the feature's doing 20, the other guy's doing 45. Now the MC's doing 35, the feature's doing 40, and the influencer's doing the thing with his cat for two minutes and making a gazillion dollars. That happened to me a long time ago before influencers. Uh-huh. It was someone on TV. I will it was not like name the person. like a last comic standing deal? 
Uh, no. Okay, but continue. But it was somebody famous. Uh-huh. And they were headlining. Okay. And there were three shows on New Year's Eve. And after every show, they're like, will you do 20 more minutes? Will you do 20 more minutes? Will you headline? I'm like, are you paying me more? Uh, we can't. Sorry. No. <laughs> the, the dude who won season, because, you know, you're not naming names. But whoever the dude was, if I could think of it, I'll, I'll out him. But the dude who won season one of Last Comic Standing. Oh, I was on that one. Dap fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't on the show. I was at Caroline's emceeing because one of the rewards was you got a headline weekend at Caroline's. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be doing 45. I was the MC. I'm like, first of all, I don't have 45. But yeah. Second of all, neither does he. Like, what does yeah. that, you know, how does that work? But that's what happened. That's where, like, stand up in a club, I consider this to be, maybe you could agree or disagree, but I actually consider that to be the thing that requires more talent than anything else because it's more unique. Yeah. In that there's unrest, you know, drinks can spill, there's bachelorette parties, there's hecklers, there's people. You don't know everything about them. And I think that's a more unique talent than anything else we do, I think. And the check spot is the worst. Oh, I just did one because you know how some clubs will wait until the show's over mm-hmm. and other clubs will do it at the very end? Yeah. And it, suddenly I died a horrible death. And oh, I was no. like, oh, they're passing out checks. <laughs> okay, I remember I have to do all my hacky stuff now. <laughs> I didn't order tax. What's going on here? <laughs> hey. What's your name? Where are you from? <laughs> oh, that's been done before. <laughs> Everything's been done before because all the crowd works on Instagram. That's the other problem. Carmen Lynch is in studio. It's a big win for the American people. Um, <laughs> it's you. You can hear them rejoicing. What about the Spanish people? No, the Spanish people are happy. But I got to be honest. The American people really needed to pick me up and they're getting one here they're getting one right here right now you can feel morale boosting feel the energy you know in those 80s movies when things started to go well for the person you liked and you'd get like an upbeat song and a montage of hilarity like we're here we're in that moment yeah we're living in that moment like a john hughes movie you can actually hear like herman's hermits starting to play a song (laughs) underneath the underneath the conversation uh but no i find that fascinating this is another thing i was going to ask you about comedy in 2024 Mm. oh my god i know i'm on the road a lot uh, I just finished my year. I was in 45 cities. I think West Palm was the last place I was. And it was fun. Everybody was great. And people come to my shows. They know me from TV and radio. And they get it. Like, I obviously am absolutely bargaining with everyone in good faith in that I don't care. I don't want to be in charge mm. of the country. Like, I entered a profession where we get paid in drink tickets the first five years. Oh, my God. Pizza. Thank pizza. Maybe yeah. chicken fingers if it's a better venue. A fry. <laughs> but do you think yeah. on some level... They started to kind of police comedy, like almost try to hold it to a standard that it was never supposed to be held to, if only because we were admittedly the misfit toys of the world. And do do you think we kind of took the art form, maybe not us as the people who do it, but the people who cover it, Mm. and kind of held it in a higher regard, which has brought on the scrutiny that we don't want anything to deal with? Totally. I miss those days, I'm telling you. The yeah. old sad clowns. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when we started comedy, like, everyone was unattractive? <laughs> and now they're all like Matt Rifes. <laughs> but again, if you need an act, Matt, Matt, you know, Matt, you might run into some issues with Matt Rife for an hour. I've seen, I've seen him bomb one of the greatest bombs I've ever seen. You want to see yeah. the two best bombs I've ever seen? Yeah. These are great ones. So, you remember Lisa Lampanelli? Yes. Lisa Lampanelli, the uh, lovable queen of mean, who had a big run of, you know, roasts on Comedy Central and was touring with Larry the Cable Guy, Jeff Foxworthy. Like, LL did it. She did the thing, okay? But at the height of her fame, a gentleman hired her for his 60th wedding anniversary. 
Okay. Now, you'd imagine at a 60th wedding anniversary, the demographic's probably a little older. If they're married 60 years, every couple there is married 40 plus. Mm. He happened to be her biggest fan on earth. Everyone else in the room had never heard of her. So LL, looking out for me, let me open. I'm opening for Lampanelli at this gig. Okay. I was on and off that stage in 10 minutes. <laughs> I, they had no idea what I had attempted to do. I can't tell you I bombed because they didn't even understand I was attempting comedy. Were you trying to warm them up to yeah, what yeah. she was yeah. going to bring? Yes, they, but okay. they were so befuddled by what was happening during my 10 minutes that I didn't actually leave with the shame of a bombing. <sighs> If only because they had no idea what had just transpired. And then she jumped up to the mic and started calling old women the C word and going table (laughs) to table. And you could actually hear pacemakers going off in the audience. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's hilarious. How is she doing in terms of material? Like... What can she? I don't think she's actually. She stopped touring. She she she, she became like a to. life coach. Yeah. The last time I saw her, she was here on Fox announcing that she was becoming a life coach, and she wasn't even going to tour because too many people would get upset, which With is the crazy. Same mean. That'd be a great life coach, like a mean life coach. <laughs> <laughs> you c word. Get up there. And go to the gym. <laughs> My husband left me. Can you blame him? <laughs> I mean, come on. Look at you. I think that would catch on. I think that would work. Well, I think that's part of the challenges. I think, Carm, talking to Carmen Lynch, by the way. So our I love how you call me Carm. No, Listen, I'm in the Jimmy Fallon family because of Jenny, okay? Yeah, that matters. You can call me Carm. Go ahead. No, no, we'll do okay. it. Okay, but let's talk about this. I think on some level, though, I think the we're turning this weird culture, uh, this cultural corner in society. And what I mean by that is I think the people who are policing jokes and getting upset in the beginning had a lot more power than they do now. The reason I say that is because when social media was new, none of us understood who these people were. We just knew we were getting out of bed and the whole world wanted to fire somebody for something they said. And a lot of times you didn't even know what the person said. You just knew everybody was mad and you're like, I better get out of the way. But I think two things happened. I think one, we got tired of living that way. I think two, we just came to understand who these people were. They were the same people before social media. Okay, which were just Mm. losers. You know, anybody who shows up to your party looking for something to get angry at isn't bettering the world. Right. And I think we're kind of outgrowing it. I think on some level, Chappelle standing his ground, regardless of what people think of the material, Chappelle standing his ground was a win for us, if only because it exposed what was behind like the cancel crowd, which was we can tweet, we can march, but they don't actually have power unless we agree to hand it to them. You dig? Yeah, and and less people are apologizing, which yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. If you stop apologizing, you win. Yeah. Because the thing about comedy is, and I say this all the time, jokes are supposed to be treated like a buffet. You know, if you see a joke you like, you throw it on the tray. If you don't like a joke, you're supposed to just you keep walking. On. The other guy gets his own tray. Right. But it's fascinating that we got to this place in society where we stopped the buffet line and people started screaming at the chef. And I think that's where the compass broke. I that's think, a great analogy. It's, it's you know, yeah. so I'm on a nationally syndicated talk show this big. You know, I'm I know. Stop it, Carm. Okay, you stop, stop it. You're bragging you now, but it. I'm like, it's fine. You it's stop fine. It. There will be jokes in this special that I did. Yeah, let's talk about That it. will uh, stop people in the buffet line. <laughs> so, but keep walking. I'm telling you, there's sushi further down. There's also <laughs> broccoli. There's something for everyone. Something for everybody. That's the joy of comedy. It's, you know. Especially nowadays, right? So if they're going to go out and get your special on YouTube, right? Carmen Lynch, you're going to go watch the special on YouTube, okay? You're going to go out and demand this. You know, you have to click on it. You have to get it. You have to go. It's like watching Chappelle. Chappelle was on demand. So everybody who got mad, okay, they demanded to see that content. 
like they were a French king. Oh, yeah. Bring me my Chappelle. <laughs> and they brought you your Chappelle, and now you're yelling at them for bringing it to you, and it shouldn't work that way. I think we're going to win, Carm. I think people get the logic that we're, we're spitting fire here is what I think. And I think under Mark's um, in, like umbrella of fans, mm-hmm. I think people understand, you know, that, that uh, I don't know, that these are jokes. Yeah. Do you know what the title of my stand-up special is? What? They're just jokes. They're just jokes. It comes jokes. out That's January great. 3rd. They're yeah. just jokes. Yeah. That's all they are. Remember jokes? I know you do. You're a comic. You never forgot them. But so many people forgot, and they thought a joke was a hate crime, and it's so dumb. Do you think crowd work will take over jokes, or do you think crowd work is starting to, like, simmer away? Uh, here's what I actually think. Mm. I think, in truth, crowd work hurts us long term. Totally. Because if you're not in the room, you don't really engage it the way you do if you're in the room. Like when you point to the guy in the orange hat in the room and make fun of him and people have been seeing him overreact to things the whole show, it's funny. Yeah. But part of what makes comedy work is that communal vibe. We're all here. We're all doing this thing together. I don't think you can be in on the communal vibe on TikTok watching somebody call somebody a hoe. You know? Totally. But even with jokes, like the people that came to my special mm-hmm. – versus later what it's almost like you read you read the book and mm-hmm. then you see the movie yeah, yeah. and you're like the book was better yeah, yeah. because you got the whole feel of yeah, it yeah for sure it's the same thing like yeah. you saw it live but then you see it it's great but the people who saw it live they know yeah. that it was better oh of course totally you know? different i mean especially like with mine cuz they had to edit a lot of jokes out i'm kidding they didn't edit <laughs> anything out when i like i'm not even this is so crazy uh and i'm sure your process was similar uh when i got it back from fox they were just like, all right, let us know if you want to tweak anything. I was like, wait, wait, I'm letting you know? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's... <laughs> but that's cool. That's but great. But that's also them understanding that we've gotten to this other place where it would benefit society if people took jokes less seriously. Like, we're actually doing a service by right. telling jokes because we know they're not coming from a place of malice. And it would actually help the world if everybody just chilled out. I mean, now that when we say they're just jokes, everyone's going to think about your special. Am you I, know? I'm saying it's you know You're brilliant, brilliant marketing. Like copyrighted. It's, or I might whatever. have already. I'm yeah. actually suing you for saying it right oh, now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Listen, you, you owe me twenty seven dollars. Just follow mine. Go find mine. Go find Carmen Lynch on YouTube. It's like the greatest special you ever watch. Uh, quick break. We're back after this. You're listening to the hottest show in Santa's Toy Factory. The building is on fire. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Carmen Lynch in studio. Her Instagram, what is it? At Carmen Comedian. It's so easy. At Carmen Comedian. I don't know now. Let's hold on a second. Is it comedian? No. Comedian. Never comedian. Yeah, don't don't give me a comedian. No, never. No. I've never been a comedian. Carmen Lynch is here. Her hair is not blue. Her nose is not pierced. <laughs> She's just a funny person. Do you remember just... good old fashioned funny people? Carmen is uh, is the highest security clearance in the fail administration there is. Uh, and she has a new special. It's streaming. It's on Mark Norman's YouTube page. Mark is, of course, hilarious. And uh, she's, you know, in terms of, like, street cred. Oh, let's talk about this, Carmen. Mm. Okay. You know, we have the NBA. Yes. But then we also have, like, street ball legends. Like, right. people that are, like, known in the hood as being particularly good at basketball. Whether they're in the NBA or not, street ballers. Okay? You have to be considered a comedy street baller when you consider... 
how many New York City clubs that you've crushed in over the years. You're, Thank you. You're like the Earl. There was a guy, Earl the Goat, right? There was an ESPN mm. documentary about Earl the Goat, Manigoat. That was his name. Okay. And he was like the greatest basketball player ever to live. But before he met the NBA, he met a crack pipe. <laughs> Things got a little crazy. <laughs> That's and, just like me. Yeah. They, <laughs> here Same we go. life. Parallel. Here, Karma, everyone in this room loves you, and we want you to get help. No, I'm kidding. But you can help Carm, and you can follow her on Instagram at <laughs> Carmen Comedian. Uh, so suffice to say, with a new special out, which is really exciting stuff. Thank okay. you. Are you going back on the road? I am. I'm going to wait till 2024. Damn right you are. I'm taking the holidays Yeah, off. you are. I already have a new hour. I can't believe how quickly. Do you, do you find that true? Like once you're done taping? Mm-hmm. It's like that you have so much. It just builds up. That's what I'm really excited about. Like, I don't go back on the road till March, so I'm yeah. excited for January and February. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, you're going to get a lot of rest. I'm like, no, I'm actually not. <laughs> the shows are the easy part, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, writing it, putting it together, that's the fun part. And then you go on the road, man. And I, I love, I to be honest with you, I really love live events now in a way that I didn't like pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because I just see the value for people in getting out of the house. You don't take it for granted. No. Yeah. You know, one, uh, you know. All it takes is one Zoom cocktail party to realize how broken we became as a people. I forgot those, and I just remembered them now because yeah. of you. And the, but the but the torment of a Zoom. Yeah. And you know, like you know, your drinking was bad if you got thrown out of a Zoom cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. The Zoom that. comedy though. Yeah. With the audience. No, the lowest of the low. Talking to their dog or whatever. <laughs> no shame. Oh my god. No, but Carmen Lynch is special. Go get it on YouTube. Follow her on Instagram at Carmen Comedian. Shout out to your mom. Thank you. Tell her I like her as more than friends. She, She's, oh my God. She's, <laughs> are you ready for an 83-year-old? Oh, am I? We'll talk oh, about it, young and lady. And Spanish. Hey, girl. We'll always have this. The show's over. I'll see you on the TV, everybody. Pay up and get out. Thank you. That was Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.